When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ben. Apocalypse Now. Yes, <laughs> this oh is goodness. my first time watching it in a theater. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> I also was not there in 1979 <laughs> to see the original release. However, no one has seen what we just saw tonight. This is a brand new release, not only remastered in 4K and remastering the original sound, it's also a new edit called the Final Cut. Right, yeah. Apocalypse Now, the Final Cut. There's obviously been the Redux. Yeah. The... Theatrical version. Theatrical version, yeah. director's cut. I don't even know. I don't even know how many cuts there's actually been. <laughs> I don't know. But this uh, one is the definitive version. Yeah, this is the definitive version. And wow, wow, wow! Like you said at the beginning of the show, it's uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. And in IMAX with yeah. the amazing sound, it was fantastic. With the amazing visuals, just uh, stunning. Absolutely stunning. I read a little bit about it, and you know, not to get super technical, but they it sounded like they almost started from scratch on this thing, grabbing all the originals. Coppola, I guess, reexamined all the original edit film, really, and like it was a whole new thing. I mean, you know, not obviously because right they did the movie already, but you know, kind of reassessing, you know, where did I where did I go wrong in my edits? You know, in the first time and the second time because it was definitely bloated. The Redux. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, there was. There was a lot in that redux. Uh, I mean, uh, so I mean, I guess we'll get right to it. What, what, what did you notice different about this cut? Um, it was still too long. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it's still clocked uh, in at three hours. As we were blown away, yeah, it was it was a little too long. I know because the the redux had the. Um, French scene in it, which the theatrical release did not have. Right, and then there's that helicopter scene where they're all in there with the Playboy girls, and it's kind of a weird just detour. They're inside that down. I don't know if it's a downed helicopter or just a parked helicopter. And yeah, that 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 was definitely fluff. Yeah, Um, I think. And here we are starting on negatives, but I mean, do we want to talk about that, that like the French scene, or do we want to just talk about in general? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. All right, yeah. let's just talk about just in general quality, just the viewing experience, because my wow, wow, wow was this thing looked fantastic. It really did. Yeah. Um, I meant to look up who the cinematographer was, but one of the things I noticed was how crisp and clear a yeah. lot of the stuff was now some of the stuff i mean it's old film from you know 79 or whatever and it who knows i don't know how long this production was i know it was a really long time so some of this footage could be from years before right yeah and now some of the stuff in the motion i think was a little i wouldn't call, call it grainy just maybe a little blurry yeah there were some 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 scenes where it was like they couldn't quite focus on mm-hmm. what they were trying to focus on i was like and i definitely noticed that yeah but uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, when it hit, it yeah. looked like 
today. Yeah, yeah. The cinematography was incredible in this film. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, and most of it has to do with the sunlight and a lot with yeah. the, the. I want to get these things, whatever the, the smoke bombs are or whatever, <laughs> like the different color smoke bombs yeah, yeah, they yeah. have. It just adds so much to this film. So how would you compare... We saw 2001. Right. And I believe that was... Um, I, I, I don't want to say, but I think that one was also remastered in 4K. I think. That one was overseen by Christopher Nolan. Um, now, I thought that one was incredibly clear and crisp. Now, th- yeah. it's, it's different because Kubrick is using... You know, the lighting on that is very different. It's a space movie. Right, So yeah. you're, you have like a, a black background and then something, you know, very clearly lit in front of you, usually something lighter color. Uh, but anyway, I thought that one looked amazing. But how would you compare maybe the, the two? Uh, I, I would say, yeah, 2001 probably looked better. Um, but but the, the 2001 was just out of this world. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that was, was just... Like an experience. Yeah, that was, that's our number one <laughs> film of all time, according yeah, yeah. to the blockbuster mentality. So, But just in terms of the restoration. Yeah, the restoration, still? yeah, yeah, I would still give it to 2001, yeah. but... To, uh, this was impressive. Apocalypse Now, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that... I, what I love about both of these films, both of these directors, so obviously Apocalypse Now by Francis Ford Coppola, is... Setting the tone for the film, you started off with this musical interlude with just visuals. Yeah. And that gets you totally in the mood for this film. The and that's, sound, too. Yeah, the sound. And, and you know, what What? What? Uh, Francis Ford Coppola does in Apocalypse Now is shows, you know, the jungle with then explosions yeah. with this music that's totally for the time. The end. Oh, the doors. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that what the song is yeah. at the beginning? Okay, so the doors. Yeah, and it's <laughs> um, like a, there's a noise that's not a helicopter, but it it sounds sort of like yeah. a hel- and then it swings by. I all of a sudden you know? heard that at the theater, and I was just like, yeah. looking around. I was like, oh, is it starting now? Oh, wow! <laughs> it just opens. <laughs> yeah, and it goes totally opens, and that love that. Yeah, definitely, and and it, it, that just adds to. You know what uh, Martin Sheen's character is 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 feeling. You know every every sound he hears. You know he's hearing a fan in his room. He thinks of it as a helicopter. You know that's what that's it's what, the same sound. Yeah, yeah it's a ceiling like, fan. Yeah, exactly. Because was that a good sound? You have got a future. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I agree. It's. It's playing with visuals and sound before you have any information. Yeah, it's setting you up into this place, into someone's mind. Because the ceiling, to him, the ceiling fan is the helicopter. Right, yeah. So it doesn't, you know, it's not being, it's not about being accurate. Right. It's about that, that thought in your head that you can't get rid of. And yeah. he's clearly haunted as he's, you know, doing his whole routine here in this hotel room. Yeah, and it's not, it's, it's, you know, he, he doesn't know if he's going to wake up in Saigon or at home because he's been home before. When he was at home, all he yeah. could think about was getting back right. to the jungle. Where am I in, in the, the jungle? jungle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't know what he was going to wake up to. He's got to go check and look uh, outside to yeah. make sure where he is. Yeah. Uh, so it makes me think like, is, France, is Francis Ford Coppola a director of the 70s? Seems like it. I mean, I don't yeah. know how like, else what, to... what else is he. You know, he, he's come. He came out with Frankenstein with uh, Robert De Niro. I think in the early nineties, late eighties. I never 80s. Even saw that. Yeah, and you know, he 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 hasn't come out with much since the seventies. I, I mean, mean, that's okay. 
No, um, yeah, that that, know, that is okay. It definitely, he's, you know, he's a seventies guy. He's got right. the, the Godfathers in in this movie, which are all. I mean, these are all the three of them are all time greats. Right. So if you give me three all time greats. Uh, you know, I don't care. You know, right. Go, no, definitely. Go but play you, golf for the rest of your life for all I care. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, I mean, it's just like you, you, you think of, uh, you know, these these directors and it seems like uh, Scorsese is the one that really stand, stood the test of time, you know, with, with, with all these guys, you know, with Coppola and George Lucas and... Uh, Brian De Palma. Yeah, the only one would be Spielberg. Yeah, so, yeah Spielberg. Yeah. I mean, he'd yeah. be the only other one. Yeah, that's. I yeah. mean, from that point. I mean, yeah, because yeah, I'm looking around, just scrolling on the IMD, IMDb as I like to do. Oh, I've never seen the conversation. I hear that's really good. That that is good. Yeah, that was in '74. Yeah, '74. Same exactly. year as Godfather Two. Uh, the Outsiders. That was, oh, he did do The Outsiders. Yeah, really but that was just more of like an ensemble movie. piece. Like that wasn't. Uh, but uh, nothing be, here is really uh, sticking out at me. Godfather. Oh, he. Oh, I forgot he directed. Oh, yeah, he directed. Yeah, Godfather Part Three, obviously. Well, yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Did you see that? Well, yeah, that was the De Niro. Oh, that's one the I was one. talking about. No, I thought you yeah. said Frankenstein. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I did say Frankenstein. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're trying to be really accurate here. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, yes, he's basically a seventies director, <laughs> and that's okay. He dir- he directed Jack. With uh, Robin Williams, yeah, I saw it and then just <laughs> and totally forgot about it. <laughs> so I think, sort of, just in general, it's it's this movie is a feeling, and, right? And a feeling that won't go away. And maybe maybe part of the length of the film is is it's sort of telling you it's it's a nightmare, right? It's this nagging feeling. It's this emotion. This sort of depression but drawn to whatever that thing is it's like almost like when you listen to a sad song right and you want to keep listening to the sad song even though it makes you right. sad and you want to get back into that world that feels like what the characters are doing in this movie yeah 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 i mean that and that kind of speaks to what you know uh martin sheen captain willard willard in the movie you know, saying how he, when he's at home, he just is thinking about getting back to the jungle. Yeah. You know, I think it kind of speaks on that, you know. Um, For that moment, it turned, it, it changes something inside of you, and then you're yeah. away from it, you're drawn back to it. Right, yeah. I mean, it's it's self-destructive in a way, you know, just, you know, the self-destructive things we see in movies and TV and even in our own lives. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, you still what, want what, it. what draws us back to it? I mean, we you have a big night of drinking or something, and yeah. then you like you feel a little shitty the next day, and it's just like, and this, yeah. Uh, then later you're like, yeah, well, yeah, we go out yeah, again, yeah, right? Yeah, well, might as well go again. I know it's not nearly, you know, it's that. Like, hey, I didn't vomit, so you know, or even if I did, you know, it's out of right. my system now, so right. that was fun. Yeah, let's, let's see what uh, let's see what Frank's doing tonight. <laughs> let's see what he's doing. I don't know anybody. Um, Frank. Yeah. Well, I mean, Francis Ford yeah. Coppola. Coppola, yeah. There we go. go. We figured it out. Watch tangent here, but I don't see how he got along with George Lucas. I don't see how that worked. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, George Lucas was just the you know he was kind of he was a one hit wonder. (laughs) In in actuality, George Lucas is a one hit wonder. Do we want to talk a little bit about the Heart of Darkness documentary? Yes, because I find that. Just completely fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, the, this actually, you, you introduced me to this uh, Hearts of Darkness documentary about the making of Apocalypse yeah. Now. Narrated by Coppola's wife. Right. 
Yeah. And it's like basically like the narration of a, my here's my husband and now he I'm he's going crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what to do and he's making this movie. It's hard to know what's scarier making this movie or, you know, the actual story of the <laughs> movie, know. you know. It's You get Sheen almost having I think he had uh, he had a heart attack or heart trouble. Yeah. Nearly dying. Coppola's putting his own money into this pit. Yeah, they're filming in the Philippines. Nothing makes sense. Marlon Marlon Brando cost a million dollars, <laughs> and he shows up like fifty pounds overweight. Yeah, that's like a million dollars a minute or something. Yeah, yeah and I'm and, fat, and I don't, yeah. I don't know my lines, and I don't care about my lines. Doesn't know his lines, <laughs> and that's why his character is all in the shadows. That's right. why he's wearing the baggy clothes because his character was supposed to be this fit. Uh, you know, what like, a disaster army guy you know and, and yet uh, somehow and Coppola is you know losing his mind he's taking out right he's, he's, he's basically if this thing fails here I am maker of the godfather I'm just gonna go down in flames right and I'll I'm, I'm gonna die yeah like, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's uh, essentially what he was doing and then he, he makes an appearance of the, in this film I love with, this uh, you know uh, you know as like a journalist, photojournalist or something, just telling the guys to, oh, keep moving, keep moving. You know, don't look at the camera. Don't look at the camera. So if by uh, some magical reason you don't know anything about this movie, uh, <laughs> Captain Willard is uh, in Saigon and is given a mission to go get Colonel Kurtz, who has basically gone insane. He's upriver. He's gone rogue. <laughs> he's gone rogue. He's murdering, you know, Vietnamese soldiers on his own... Accord, you highly know. decorated, highly regarded, um, just you know, best of the best has somehow just something's gone a little, oh, yeah, something's gone a little funny, yeah, <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> just got a little weird there, had a little uh, opposite of come to Jesus moment, yeah. I'd say maybe, uh, and then this is where we get the uh, well, I mean, what you were talking about was that Robert Duvall, oh, Robert Duvall, yeah, Kurt Kilgore. <laughs> Good old Kilgore, man. Robert Duvall. I think this is one of his best performances ever. Oh, one of the best. I mean, it's not a cameo, just in supporting role. Right. Yeah. You're not going to get a better supporting role than this. No, absolutely not. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's shouting the whole time. But something about this character is so iconic. His role, obviously, Marlon Brando's role, Martin Sheen's role. Those three characters in in and of themselves are just, uh, you know, iconic. You know, and I don't know. I, I this. Uh, the the yellow uh, bandana thing he wears like is that just something for the movie or is I think that... it's well he has the hat he's right. pretending to be classic you know nineteenth century eighteen hundreds U uh, S cavalry right and now we're on helicopters yeah and we're buzzing I mean some of these scenes I don't know what the rules were or what was going on. But this looks really freaking dangerous, what they're doing with these helicopters, like banking in and stopping right. and buzzing around and landing right near these actors. This is, I mean, surreal absurdity going on around these scenes. And, and all uh, Duvall's character is worried about is the surf. You know? <laughs> no, the guy just wants to freaking surf. What is that all about? It's it's hilarious, and I yeah, think that's definitely. And, and I think that's basically the it's setting up the the argument or the contrast is of what's insane. This movie is essentially about insanity and going down that path to what you know what's crazy what's real what's right and Kilgore 
I mean, it, it's essentially, it sort of becomes a, a comparison between Kilgore and Kurtz. Kilgore, yeah. to me, he's crazy. Right. The guy's nuts. He doesn't, he doesn't dip when there's a bomb. He's more concerned about the surf. He'll just wipe out a village without a care. But, here in, but he's sanctioned, whereas Kurtz has gone rogue. Right. And it, it sort of, it's not about the killing, per se. It's not about, you know, whatever you're doing. It's really just what, if, if, if the government, if, as long as you're going along with what the government tells you to do. And Willard even mentions that at one point. It's like, I'm, yeah. I'm sent to kill Kurtz, but like Kilgore is just as guilty as Kurtz seems. It's essentially laughable. Yeah. Right. I mean, what, why? I mean, it, you just have to either you, you go along with the program and you're okay and you could just be insane. Right. Or, or not, I'm sorry, not even insane, but just if you go along with the program and just kill according to orders, you're fine. The minute you step out of that and kill according to some other kind of morality or what you think is right or trying to make sense of all of this, now you're you're out, you're bad, right. we got to get rid of you. What uh, are you? How much do you know about the Vietnam War? Are you big into that at all? Or? I'm not big into it, but I have. A, I, I mean, I know a little bit. Okay, yeah, I mean, I know a little bit. I'd say my World War II knowledge is a little higher than mm-hmm. than my Vietnam War knowledge. Actually, a lot higher. I'm, I, I mean, I'm no nowhere close to a World War, World War II buff, but if it were c- to come down to me answering questions about World War II or Vietnam, I would be able to answer World War II questions. I think some of this starts with the French. Yeah, They had a colony there, Okay, which is why maybe the inclusion of the French in this cut versus the theatrical yeah. is probably pretty significant. Yeah, They had people there. In Vietnam. In Vietnam, right. And then they, you know, had to go because yeah, they were, well, Vietnam got taken over, or not taken over, but there was a communist government installed that wanted to kick all the colonists out, which is, you know, fine. You know, if that's what they want to do, fine, whatever. Right. And that's sort of what it, that was one of the things of the movie. Like, why are we here? Why is right, this yeah. our problem? And of course, there's the whole Cold War thing going on with Russia. And yeah. we, you know, our French ally, who are supposedly our allies, they have a colony here and they have people here. And then they're now getting armed by Chinese and Russians. So I guess maybe I know a little bit, but yeah, yeah I'd say you know quite a bit. But that, I think I think that yeah. might have been one of the triggers. Whereas, okay, so we have World War II. Okay, so we're not in the 1940s. We're obviously allies with the French. They have a colony there. They have people. They move out. Governments change. Things change. And now we don't like the Russians. We don't like the Chinese because they're communist. So now we have to fight them because communism is spreading. Right, we're going to send in we people. We got to support our allies or and something along. The, if right, we want to yeah. maintain, you know, quote unquote democracy um, in South Vietnam. Blah blah blah. Thus, <laughs> thus, all the protests that went around during Vietnam War about people not wanting us to go there. Right. And you know, because we, you know, we had no dog in the fight other than just being allies of of. You know, yeah, because people who are in it, we're really more. I, I, I think the idea was we're really more against. We're not necessarily against Vietnam per se. We're more against Russia and China helping Vietnam to spread communism. We want everyone in the world to be like us, and you know, do live the way we live. So right. if people yeah. are communists, that's bad. We need to fight that sort of thing because it's really evil and right. we need to kill them all. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so I mean, what do you think the purpose? Why, why did Coppola want? This French scene in there so bad, do you think? Well, I reading- what do you get from this? Because these people, there was probably people like these French people living in these places. They had a plantation. You know, 
whether you whether they should be there or not is sort of irrelevant to the characters in the story because this to them that is their home. Right. As far as they know, this is my land. I was given this, and I'm going to cultivate it. And they had a nice house, and yeah. they lived well. It seemed like I mean, you know, considering definitely another thing. Well, so that so there's that. This is a real thing. It wasn't like you know made up. Right. The other thing is uh, it's something I remember reading is that the journey down the river. Starting from Saigon is a journey back in time. Ooh. You start civilized in Saigon, yeah. and the further you go up that river, the further back you travel in time until you get to the end. So it's, a, it's essentially civilized to the very most primitive, yeah. primitive when you meet Kurtz. I like that. So that yeah. travel back is this colonial period with the French. Further back, you know, these other people further back, and yeah. you get the Kurtz kind of thing. Ooh, yeah, I like that so, a lot, yeah. So in that sense, I know there is criticism of this whole scene. Maybe it, you know, just to show that transition is worth it, but maybe the scene doesn't need to be a half hour. Right, yeah. Let's just make I think it like it, 10 minutes. <laughs> right, yeah, it could have definitely been cut in half. Like, I liked when the Frenchman was talking about, like... I like that actor. Know, I don't know the guy's yeah, name. Yeah, like, we don't have to, you know, we lost in World War Two. Yeah. Like, we got our land stolen. Like, like no, we're making we, our we're, stand. Yeah, we are staying here. Like, I don't care what you say. Like, we are staying here. This is it. You know, yeah. and so that like this is the first time watching it when I was like, okay, yeah, I understand why, you know, they're doing this. But yeah, I like that a lot with the uh, traveling back in time. That's that's a really cool notion, yeah. you know, to think about. I wonder what the, uh, do you? I mean, Hearts of Darkness. That was obviously the book this is based on, which yeah, the Conrad's, docu- yeah, documentary that was, a, was talked. About, you know, yeah. Do you know anything about that book? I read it when I was in like seventh grade. Wow, I don't remember anything. I didn't read anything. It was, it was assigned reading. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, but about that, though, beside all that argument and everything, what did you make of the scene? I don't know who this woman is, but who, whose husband died and all this stuff. I just want to get your thoughts on this when they smoke the opium. And she's like, yeah. there's two of you. Yeah, there's two of you. What there's is? one who loves, one who hates. And then later on, Dennis Hopper says the same thing. It's a dialectic. Yeah. You know, things are, it's one or the other. And she's essentially saying the same thing before right. he even meets them. So what are your thoughts yeah, on it's that? A, it's, a, it's a black and white thing. I, I don't know. It's hard to, you know, uh, comprehend that even. I mean, it, it's, I can understand seeing things black and white, but at the same time, there is always the gray area. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and that's what Colonel Kurtz is, you know, trying to preach is the black and white. You know, you're either this or you're that. Kurtz is searching for that that answer between the either or. Right. Yeah. And he never really finds it, right? Right. And I think that might be what he sees something in Willard that he finally finds the answer maybe yeah yeah because willard is something you know willard is represents more than just the assassin who is or the the guy who is sent to kill kurtz she represents something what is going on here this isn't this opium thing with the love and hate this isn't helping him right i felt like she was using him in a way for something that she wants she's like i used to do this for my husband yeah you know, to when to, for I used to give him this opium for him to recover from his emotional wounds. This felt like a manipulation and a little bit of abuse in a sense. He's just there, passive. You know, I mean, he, he could say no, but he's being subjected to this stuff constantly. You know, yeah. he's almost he's a bit passive throughout, and really until the end, right. he's like a passenger on this journey. 
And in here, she who's this woman? You know, she tells me all this crazy shit and gives right, me yeah. and is like giving me this weird philosophy but, that I don't get and I don't think that this isn't working for me. And that, I felt that at this time. Yeah, there's I mean that that's that's got to be part of the reason why Coppola keeps wanting this scene in the movie because it wasn't in the original cut. You know, this whole French scene wasn't in the original cut or anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, she keeps bringing up, you know, you're either love or you're hate. Um, that echoes. Yeah, definitely echoes. And, and then she gets naked and they, you know. Yeah, and then, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it, ha- it has to do with that a little bit. But um, I, I, I mean, I think there's even more to her, you know, letting down the uh, the, the fishnets around the bed. I think that's a metaphor like for something. Yeah, maybe? yeah, protection. Like yeah. he's 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 protected, you know, from. Is she mothering him? Is she something? Trying to shelter him from what's to come, or something like that. Yeah, I could do it without the French talk on the on the dinner table for a long period of time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's certain you know parts of that French talk that is great, but I but think this is pretty crucial. Yeah, I think this one should have been kept in. Kept, yeah. kept in. I mean, I know I say every movie is too long, and you know, three hours <laughs> is too long. Yeah, it would have been nice to maybe you know cut more here and there. I mean, even the Kilgore stuff is. I don't want to say it drags on, but it definitely a lot of this movie drags on. I mean, it's it's uh, you know it's definitely a film lovers film at points where it's just like you just gotta appreciate the uh, the art of it, similar to once, and it is yeah absolutely and similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with, with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, good I mean, you're just like on you know you're just you're just watching Tarantino do his stuff, and I think you're doing that with this film too, um, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- this this film. I mean, first of all, I mean the the the, the visuals and the, the 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 just first of all acting. Robert Duvall was the only actor nominated in this film. He was nominated for a uh, supporting actor role. Uh, he didn't win. He did not win. Okay. Um, I think it won for sound, though, right? Sound design. Yeah, or I something think like that. so. And it yeah. deserves it. And one of the things I was reading in the restoration is uh, one of the original ideas was to pump in essentially the bass, the lowest frequency. Right. Yeah. And they tried. And I guess when they originally screened this, whoever was in charge of sound would bring in extra subwoofers. Yeah. And I felt that in in the theater here, like the, oh, the so rumble. Much. The rumble, yeah, yeah. and then that, that definitely says a sound. But like I was saying with cinematography earlier, this one for best cinematography, Vittorio oh, Storaro. Don't even know who Yeah. That name means um, nothing to me, unfortunately. But just the, the, the shots of like just like the sun and like yeah. like I said, the, the colors of the smoke and everything. Could you imagine being in this place? Uh, no. Like uh, well I don't want to insult anyone who lives in, yeah. in Philippines or Vietnam, but this seems like a not place not, no, definitely, but I think it it just speaks on what just what the what a what a um shit show Viet- the Vietnam War was and then you know they get to the point of it being the asshole of the world oh, God, you know that saying was, that and then, yeah. then the one guy you know he, he says you know he's just like shooting Charlie and everything and he's just like Who's the you know who's in charge here? And he said, Do you know who's who's in charge here? And the the guy's just like, Yeah, I know. 
And he just walks away. But what like, was it? I, me? It was like the devil was essentially my first thought. Yeah, the devil, and yeah, I think I think he just knew that this is just a losing battle too. Yeah, yeah. Like this is just. I mean, these guys are what all. Are, what are we doing here? We're just on drugs. We right, have our yeah. orders. I can't. Yeah. I don't have a choice, so I'm just doing it. Right. Like that's how I took it too. Yeah. Those yeah. guys were all strung out on something. Yeah, definitely. And um, they said we build the bridge and they blow it up. Right. Every day. Yeah. Over and over again. Because so, we gotta do it, right? Because for some reason we have to be here. Yeah, like, oh, what is the point? It's, it's it, so insane. Yeah, this this movie. I mean, it's it's it, it sets up the plot right away. Uh, so it's. I mean, I, I love the, the like you said, Martin Sheen had a heart attack in this movie. You know that that scene where he's like just sitting in his bedroom waiting for a, a mission to come. He's actually drunk there. Like he's. I believe it. Actually drunk. He actually is bleeding from breaking the mirror like he is totally you know screwed up in that scene um oh let's uh, talk about the crew real quick we've got yeah, chef, chef we've got master chief we have uh lawrence fishburne like 14 yep. or 15 i don't have the yep. character names off the top of my head we also yep. have the surfer boy i don't know his, his name lawrence Uh, So, yeah, Frederick Forrest plays Chef. Uh, Sam Bottoms plays Lance. Lance, yeah. Yeah, who's the surfer. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Tyrone Clean. Albert Hall plays Chief. Albert Hall. Yep. And and, uh, you you wouldn't think it would be possible to make Harrison Ford look dorky. But yeah, he's a he's a total dorky looking guy in this movie. I like that one where he's really struggling to to deliver his line. I mean, it's acting, but he's like clearing his throat. He, is, he can't like quite get the words yeah. out that he needs to say, which is the, you know like about terminating yeah. the command of Colonel well, Kurtz. And one of the creepiest guys in this movie, who's the one that says with extreme prejudice. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's so that guy's always creeped me out. Yeah, that guy is, <laughs> he is very since, creepy. Ever since I saw this movie, um, obviously we got Scott Glenn. From uh, you know, uh, no, he's not from Kill Bill, is he? He's no, he's not in Kill Bill. Scott Glenn from uh, a lot of things, but yeah, he's the one that originally was sent to kill Colonel Kurtz and basically converted to Colonel Kurtz's. Uh, yeah, Kurtz brought him into <laughs> the yeah. fold. Yeah, <laughs> and we it? don't know. It's funny because here we are. What do we? This is a three-hour movie. At least when we saw, we're about two hours. 15, 20 minutes before right. we get to the place where we're trying to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the deepest, craziest m- move into... It, it's a long... It's, it's Well, as you would say, a slow burn getting yeah. there. Yeah, very, very slow burn. Um, oh, one of the things I thought about, the uh, where they're on the... I mean, they're basically going up a river, so they're on this, you know, PT boat or whatever it's called. Uh they find that little fishing boat that they have to inspect. Oh yeah! I thought that this whole scene was pretty pivotal and important yeah, in the whole story. Definitely I well thought. done. I think it 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 goes back to even that beginning scene. Just him seeing the heli the fan and thinking it's a helicopter. I think it goes to just the PTSD of everybody and just the the overall feel of this war. Just everyone's on edge. Everyone's just you know. Uh, you cannot be too too careful. It's interesting because Master Chief is all about the orders, right? You know, sort of that guy that you're supposed to be, right? Doesn't work out ever according to his orders and for him. And that's I think a big part in the movie. In a contrast, sort of showing like I could be Kilgore and do all the orders, and 
you know, follow the laws or, or whatever what the government wants and make them happy. Right. And I can just kill indiscriminately. And as long as I'm doing my orders, I'm fine. The minute I, and that's basically his sort of attitude. The minute I deviate from that, you know, I'm, I'm insane. And this one, it's sort of like showing, look, these are real, like, emotional consequences for, oh, well, you know, there's a boat there and regulations say we have to check it because, I'm, you know, it's a certain size and we need to do a checkpoint because right. there, it might be running supplies. Because Colonel, or I'm sorry, uh, Captain Willard's like, you know, Martin Sheen's like, let's just get out of here. Why are we bothering? Let's just move on. Right. We, could, we could be past them by now. Yeah. Why are we stopping to bother these people? And that's basically the attitude of everybody until Lawrence Fishburne just decides to mow everybody right. freaking down. Like, yeah. what the hell? This is a what the hell? The orders, what the hell? Anything. Why are we even bothering anybody? Right. You know, I thought that was really emotional. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, because you just you just get the toll of just the innocent people that died from this war. You know, just for, for no nothing. for no reason at all. Yeah, you know, you get that scene where Kilgore. You know they're they're playing that music that da 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 da. Yeah. Uh, you get that music, and you know you get you know kids at a school and everything, and they're all running for cover and everything. They and got about a dozen like, cop uh, choppers that yeah. are just shooting at everybody, shooting yeah. missiles. Like even though they were the enemy, you could see the flag. Yeah, they were the communist Viet Cong, but you know were they bothering you? Right. I mean, like Willard's from Ohio. <laughs> What do you care if there's some communist in Vietnam, right? You know, holding a school. Like, why are you here? Right. Yeah. What's, <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm gonna die for this. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's just again speaks to just how yeah America. Just like, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we have the aftermath. Yeah. They kill everybody. It's nothing. It's just goats, fruit, vegetables, and a puppy. A puppy, yeah. yeah Chef's cry. I mean, Chef. Chef's an emotional guy. Yeah, and it, this one got me because he's yeah. like, he because he's the one. Even him yelling at Master Chief, you're like, dude, let's just let's go. Stop. Right. And now you're making me go in the boat. Here we go. Now you're shooting, and I'm I'm in the boat now, and you're like, I'm trying to not get shot by right. all of you yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. Nuts. <laughs> I felt that this was sort of the transition for Willard to be like, okay, I get Kurtz now. Yeah. I get why he went nuts because, like, I have a I have an objective, and do you really want me to fill the objective? Well, because this is the kind of thing that I need to start doing. Well, because Willard all, all already was going nuts, you know. I mean, you get you get those uh, glimpses of him just the way he's talking to the the generals or you know whoever is giving him these orders. Like he's like hesitantly saying like i have no idea what you're talking about yeah, yeah. And even if i knew what you were talking about i was not able to i'm not able Can't to give those that information disclose yeah and i think that was them, them just testing him to make sure that he's Gotta up keep for his mouth shut. Yeah. yeah um it was also too is like everything you try that was also sorry i'm focusing no, on this scene yeah. a lot because i feel like it's really important it's also like what you try to do right according to what you think is right, according to what the rules are, I think, which is Master Chief didn't have bad intention here. Right. But I think it's trying to say, like, if you're in a place where you don't belong and you're trying to do something that you shouldn't really be doing, no matter how well, sort of well-intentioned you are to do that, you're going to fuck it up. 
Right. Yeah. And it, and it even speaks to just how primitive everything is. Everyone's out for survival. Yeah. You know? It becomes that question. Yeah. Survival. Yeah. Everything, survival. Yeah. The politics so, are gone. I have a gun and I'm going to kill you. Like, right. That's yeah. what it becomes. I'm scared that you're about to do something that will affect my survival. Right. So, sorry. You're gone. The lady made a mistake going to the thing where yep. the puppy was because she just, yeah, you know, she it's thought a cute they were going to do yeah. a little white lab, you know? I want wouldn't it. want it. I want it. <laughs> Don't shoot it, please. <laughs> yeah. I run for it. Now, I'm, now we're all dead. Yeah. We're all dead. Great. Exactly. Thanks. Thank you, 15 year old Lawrence Fishburne, for murdering all of us indiscriminately. When idiot. <laughs> I mean, he just pulls the trigger and doesn't stop. <laughs> I know. Until he's like, yeah, I'm good. Even Chef. Well, we know yeah. you're good. Yeah. But like, <laughs> Chef is on the boat. Like, I know. Yeah. He almost shot me. That's why he's you freaking know? out. Like, yeah. you could have just freaking killed me. Yeah. And all it was was a freaking puppy. And Chef was reluctant to even get on the boat. He's like, there's just rice. There's yes. just mangoes. Like, that's all there is. Like, and then she's clinging for life. Yeah. What, gonna, and then Master Chief's like, oh, we got to bring her to a hospital. What the God's name yeah. is this now? Yeah. That was. And Willow just shoots her. Like, yeah. thank you. Like, oh, my freaking yeah, God. Put her out of her misery like. and then that's where he's the character is starting to kind of get it right absolutely you know? if we're here what are we here for yeah if we're it's, doing this let's are we you know are we doing the killing or right like, like uh, he his uh, you feel his like you don't it's not much but you can kind of see the gears churning in his head yeah definitely and it's uh <laughs> It's just it's just insane just how uh, what, what what this war you know did to people and what uh, you know the PTSD and all that I mean you just feel that you know even right away when the movie starts so I mean what uh, let's get to the Colonel Kurtz I mean what uh, <laughs> the moment I we've mean, all been waiting freaking, for freaking freaking Marlon Brando the most amazing one of the most amazing actors of all time so we get to kurtz we do and it's a long freaking way we're not there yet i think because we we lose fishburn along the way right we lose yeah. master chief master along the way chief. they're just throwing sticks oh yeah, no fishburn, that's a fishburn goes right when they find the uh the french people and then, uh, yeah, uh, Chief goes when, yeah, when they're just throwing sticks, and then you know, oh, uh, and he tries to kill Willard, yeah, because he's he doesn't want to be here, right? He's a follow orders guy, right? And follow orders guy just you know he does what he's got to do. He doesn't have to be happy he about it. Follows orders exactly, <laughs> and you know to that to the end, fine. I and mean, if they told him you're going to go take this boat to God knows where, he would have done it. But right. And then it cost him his life, and he's like, "Screw you, Willard! I'm only I'm dying." He's like, he knows he's dying. And right. He tries to, he's on his back and tries to pull Willard into the spear that's sticking out of his chest. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah he's yeah, trying to just I guess I pull didn't it through him. That, yeah. And Willard like moves his head out of the way. Yeah. He's trying to take him with him. You put me here, and God damn it, you're going down with me. Yeah. And he couldn't quite do it. So Dang. they never vibed. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, they definitely didn't vibe. No. Yeah, Chief was just like, yeah, he didn't, he wasn't, it was uh, never, never worked. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, um, so that that didn't happen. And then, <laughs> well, we roll. Well, go ahead. No, I was going to say we get to Kurtz, but before we get to Kurtz, even we get Dennis Hopper. Freaking Dennis Hopper is just. Yeah, what uh, are we? What are we? What uh, are, floating into these little like you said dugout boats? Like with, you said, we're going back in time. Yeah, to, you know? to the most primitive yeah. state of man almost. Absolutely. You get these people in like these white paint 
with like just these cloths over their waist, you know, and and yeah, you know, and but then Dennis Hopper with all his cameras and <laughs> he's he's classic Dem- Dennis Hopper in this role. Hopper's insane. I think he was. I think during the filming, from what I understand, it was he was essentially oh, yeah. high constantly. Oh yeah, and, that's that was Hopper. Most of his acting career was just. It's almost like yeah, like the, like Coppola being like, "Hey Hopper, what about blah blah blah?" And then you know Hopper does the line. <laughs> they just capture it on film. <laughs> Crazy man. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you get. I mean, obviously, this Colonel Kurtz has this uh, poet, poet warrior. Yeah, I mean, he has this way to get people on his side. I mean, he has this photojournalist on his side. He has the guy who was sent to assassinate him in the first place on his side. You know, uh, well, he's charismatic. So, yeah. all right, let's, so Kurtz, so Kurtz, yes. <sighs> Freaking what, Kurtz. What do we make of this character? Well, I mean, yeah, so that's, yeah, basically what I was going to kind of ask you is just, yeah, when I mean, what's, uh, what, what, what is this guy doing? What, uh, is he in the right? Is he, uh, I mean, I guess it kind of goes to the conversation he has, the last conversation he has with Willard about how he, you know, came to that village and saw all, the, all those people dead and just yeah, like it hit him like a diamond bullet in the head. That is the best of the Brando lines. Yeah. Brando has many great lines. And I think he probably rambled off a million different lines right. that yeah. got edited out. But I think that one is the most poignant, the most important yeah. for the whole story. And it essentially comes down to like, what are you willing to do? Yeah. You know, why? Okay, so we have we, we talked earlier about why are we here? Right. Why are we fighting? And then, what do we do about it? And Kurtz is like, well, well, you know, you're sending me here to win a war. So do you want me to win it? Yeah. Or not? And he dips his toe into that abyss, that insanity. And he almost like I want to say he almost takes it too seriously. What? What? Not. <laughs> Wrongly, whereas Kilgore, just as a comparison, which we talked about earlier, never really takes it all that seriously. Right, it's like, yeah. about surfing, and we're going to shoot up some gooks. Or sorry, sorry, sorry to say that, but yeah, that's what he says. It's yeah. basically, you know, we're going to shoot them up. They don't care. They're sav- or I don't care. They're savages. I'm just going to blow them up. They're not. Right. It's not real to Kilgore ever. Yeah. And then the famous line: "It smells like you know. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, smells man. like victory." But the way he delivers yeah, it, he yeah. like. Like, like he didn't know. Like he just came up with it. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. So, yeah. Duvall. Amazing delivery. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Just, uh, I, I don't think Duvall's character of Kilgore gets enough no. credit. I think this is Duvall's best role oh, ever. Amazing. But here, Kurtz is a smart man. In literally, he follows it all to its logical conclusion. I think that's kind of my point. So, do we want to win this motherfucker, or do we? We're just right. playing around on helicopters. Yeah, like, and it's like he talks about the genius of that—the genius of killing without judgment, without yeah. you know, with the with, without that, without judgment, without judgment. He says it twice. Just a quick recap: you know. they go, they're special forces. They go into a village. They inoculate a bunch of kids for polio. Come back. These guys come, 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 crying, chasing them after they leave, saying, you know, whatever. They go, they find, they chopped off all these little baby arm bodies into a hole. And he's like, that's. 
how you win a war. Right, yeah. That's the will. And he even said how he wept like a grandmother, you know? Just and cried. Yeah, cried, just, cried. but then he realized like a so, diamond bullet hit him in the head. Just the genius of that. The yeah. G- that's the genius of winning a war is to do these things without feeling, without judgment, without, you know, you just do it because that's your command. That's your, you know. That's what you have to do. I have to say, while listening to it, I do not think he's wrong. Right. Yeah. Now, the difference here is should we be should we be those people against these Vietnamese from a half a world away? Right. Versus is it, you know, me versus I don't know, I'm just going to give an example. Say say the United States versus Canada. I mean, obviously the United States would destroy them. It's just, you know, being silly here, but <laughs> if it's real life and death, you know, because it's not really for these American soldiers who've been drafted to go go to this horrific place. And Kurtz is like Kurtz made a he he had an understanding and insight into this is what it actually takes. Do you want to win this thing? Okay, this is what we need to do, right? Because this works. And he's like, our assessment of this. We're, no, we naturally recoil and say, "Oh, this is horrible. We can't be like that." But they're doing it, and they're winning, and that's why. And it's almost not a real fight because we shouldn't be there at all. Whereas if let's just say it's a I don't know like uh, like I said like you know the United States versus Canada now this is we have a reason to actually act this way but we can't really act this way because we're halfway around the world of course we don't want to do this it doesn't make any goddamn sense yeah. you know in the in the bigger scope yeah and it's it's it, you know it even goes deeper than that because I he starts reading this poem uh, from T S Eliot. Which I know now. I've been I've been getting into poetry lately, um, and uh, the poem he's reading is t- t- uh, by T. S. Eliot called "The Hollow Men," and uh, basically goes about you know this is a poem from the early 1900s, you know earliest 20th century, and it's about how we're the hollow men, we're yeah. the stuffed men, we're the you know it's uh, this is the dialectic, the right? Black and white yeah, men. and it's and, and it's. You know, uh, saying how weak we are even then. Imagine how weak we are now in the twenty first century. Twenty first century, you know. And and the the poem ends with this is the way the world let, world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Yeah. You know the the world just goes away. You know it just fizzles out. You know, and that's kind of what Dennis Hopper says. Like, and that's kind of a comical moment when he's just like, oh, I'm going well, away with the whimper. Brando throws um, something at him. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's me um, and the whimper. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's uh, I think it's Kurt saying like we 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 have to be strong we can't just go away with a whimper we have to you know we can't be hollow men we can't be you know stuffed men as in stuffed the poem you know is is explained as stuffed men means like stuffed with like straw or like a like a like a scarecrow or something you know so maybe when it when when it really is your home and your community you'll be willing to do those things yep kurtz is like okay I'll just go do them because that's what I learned. I've gone kind of crazy here. This is what you assign right. me to do. This is the only way I can make sense of the world. This is someone with PTSD who goes crazy but tries to do something about it, whereas 
a lot, most of the people with PTSD just go crazy in a room like Martin Sheen was at right. the beginning of the movie. Yeah. You know, they go crazy like that. Like, just like. Exactly. You know, I'm waking up, just, you know, my, the, you know, I barely spoke to my wife and the only time I spoke to her was to say yes to a divorce, right. you know. I mean, the slaughter. I don't even understand what we see here. And uh, yeah. The heads. Dennis Hopper's like, I see you see the heads, man. He, you know, he gets mad sometimes yeah. or whatever. Like, <laughs> but th- that that scene where he drops Chef's head uh, in in oh, in, uh, in Willard's lap, it's like, whoa. Even before that, where yeah. where, uh, where where he's questioning Willard, he's like, you know, I think this is where you're an errand boy sent by Bruce yeah. He's like. What do they think of my methods? Are they unsound? He's like, I don't see any methods, sir. But for some reason, these people bow to him. They 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 follow him. It's crazy know? because, in a way, he's right. Right. But he's right for the wrong reasons. Yes. He would be yeah. right if it mattered, but it doesn't matter in this context of the Vietnam War. Yeah. Does that make any kind of sense? No. That, yeah, yeah, definitely does. Because what would you do if you were a Vietnamese and some American choppers were dropping bombs on your village? I mean, what would you think? Oh, no, well, obviously they're right because they're Americans. I should just do nothing. <laughs> they killed my wife and my kid. I'll right, just, you know, yeah. Well, you know, clearly they're American, so... They're correct. Right, they're like, correct. Yeah. I won't, I won't fight them anymore. Yeah. It's 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 hard for people to see it from the other point of view. I mean, uh, you know, like I said about World War II, you know, knowing about Hiroshima and things like that, it's just like we as Americans, our country dropped atomic bombs on total civilians, innocent people. You know, just uh, brutal. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Like the worst so it's, imaginable. You're, yeah, your your skin is literally melting off. Yeah, so I think it's it, How do you it's, feel about that? <laughs> it's 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 more about just uh, humans. You know, it's 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 you know what what are we going to do as humans? Not you know Americans are right, and you know we're Americans, so we're right. But Kurtz know? was That's right. Just, Kurtz yeah. actually was right. Right, but crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. What a, ca- a character that. Deserves and wants to die. Right. And uh, it's just it, Marlon Brando. I mean, he just sucks you in like right away. He's it just like as soon as he came on screen and was talking to, to Willard, I was just like, oh, my God. But yeah, speaking of wanting to die, I mean, uh, so he obviously let Willard back on the boat after having him in a cage. So he obviously did he find Willard worthy of being I, able to kill him? I think so. Like he understood that, like he's okay. He's not black and white. He's I, I, yes, and I also I think Willard. He wants Willard to look into the abyss. Yeah, the furthest abyss. Like the river is sort of a symbol of that, but it's not until you meet the man, and then you truly understand how deep and depraved this whole like yeah. psychology is. And it's almost uh, like. This is the first time I thought of this was when um, at the beginning of the film, you, you he hears the fan and he's thinking of it as helicopters. And that's what he keeps, you know, going back to is just the the battle. But then at the end, you hear again, Kurt saying the horror, yeah. the horror. Now that's going to be what Willard hears in his sleep. Because. Willard is the had, horror. Yeah. You know, he experienced maybe in, in maybe in Kurt's. Yeah, worthiness, to your point, yes. 
understanding someone who also experienced the horror because Willard certainly did. Yeah. I mean, this whole movie is a nightmare. This has got to be the... I mean, obviously, there's the deer hunter, you know, that shows the before, you know, before the war, the during the war, and then the after effects of the war. Yeah. Powerful stuff. But then this, I mean, it just puts you in the shit. Yeah, it's (laughs) funny because, like, it's almost like I want to say it's... It's not realistic, but in a way, it feels more right. real, if that makes sense. I, I, it's I, completely farcical, yeah. really. I, I want to say this this film is timeless Yeah, in, in the way it was as a film. Technically, you could, again, put this out, release this today, and it would be a hit. Like, there's nothing in this movie where I feel like, oh, wow, that aged. It's about the Vietnam War, but it's more about the human condition. Right, yeah. It's more about, like, Kurt's figured out, hey, if you want, this is how you win. Right. Kurt's figured out, okay, I can win a war. Yeah. Because I watched it, and I saw it, and this is what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Turns out, well, maybe we didn't really want, because, you know, we basically lost the Vietnam War. Because we really didn't want to win it. And what it took to win it would be a Kurtz. Right, a and Kurtz. And I, what's the point of that? And, and, and I think that has, I think it also speaks on America wanting control. These now generals didn't have control of this rogue soldier. So right. let's kill oh, him. You gotta, it, as long as you're with the program. Yeah. Like you said, with the, the Japanese atomic bombings, right, yeah. that was within the program. So. You're not crazy if you ordered the bombing. Right. Yeah. You know, but if you, you know, if you ordered a bombing of somebody else, that'd make you crazy. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't officially like, sanctioned. So, uh, you're, you know, like you, like we said with Kilgore, you know, he's not crazy because yeah, he's, he's with the program. Yeah. He checks in with the general yeah, every, but, every day or whatever. But Kurtz, you know, it's, it's not so much. So I think it's about, yeah, we're going to go control. surfing while they're shooting mortars into the water. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> wants to be doing it besides you because yeah. if they don't want to do it, you're going to send them into the jungle. Yeah. I mean, literally. Yeah. What is this man like? I mean, it's he's charismatic and and it's amazingly portrayed. But right, yeah, is that not insane? <laughs> should his command not be terminated? Right, <laughs> like it a hundred percent should be terminated. Flying these guys around, and I think some of them ended up in that in the river, uh, hung up on trees, right? Because yeah. we saw later on. Oh right? yeah, that's right. I saw like these yeah. gold. Handkerchiefs. I love the scene of him like, I just want my surfboard back. I will not harm you. Yeah, it's a repeating <laughs> just, message. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh and even the scene of them surfboarding, like there's bombs going off around they them. They can't and surf, just like, man. Yeah. What is your obsession? I mean it's funny, but it's like yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. So it's just like I think I think it's great that they have that distinct you know, that uh juxtaposition of Kilgore and Ed Kurtz. Both start with K. That's not an accident. That's, I don't think so either. You know, that's it's just showing that like this guy's crazy, Kurtz is crazy, but like how do we how do we make that distinction? It's just an interesting point to think about for you folks at home. But yeah, Marlon Brando, he should have got a nomination, I think, for best it's supporting amazing. actor. I mean, he's just the lighting. Yeah, and oh. they, but they had to do that because he was overweight. And <laughs> but I mean, just but yeah. the way they had him yeah. peek his head out into yeah. the, just the, the side of his head yeah. on the light. And back I love and when forth. he's this, and then the filming of him just like dropping water on oh, his head Christ. with a sponge or whatever, it's and amazing. just like just uh, oh. the technical uh, uh, achievement of this film is amazing. Speaking of that, in the restoration, they because you're getting scanned on a 4K thing. 
all the colors in the lighting changes because right. you're not in film. So they had to dial up the brightness and contrast and colors in some scenes and then dial them down right. back in the other. So what was great about this viewing was when it needed to be bright, it was bright and amazing. And when then when it needed to be dark, it was black right. as freaking hell. Yeah. And all you could see was just like his face. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like this washed out gray thing. Right. Yeah. So I think they were really this. Uh, and I think that's what I mean from the top. I mean, this was a, a, a real re-edit, reprocessing, yeah. and it just new cut. looked amazing. Because I don't know if you like at home for you, like if you watch stuff, stuff on TV and it's really dark, like you yeah. still see like yeah, yeah. graininess. Like this was just this like was not, so was, crisp. The blacks and, were black. Yeah. <laughs> and then the light was light. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was amazing contrast. So, so great. I just wish they would upgrade the uh, seats in the. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why is IMAX? But we need recliners. Um, but so, visuals and sounds were yeah. incredible. It's a great experience. Ben, what do you got for me? Uh, so let's get to our Twitter. Uh, uh, bad Twitter takes. Bad Twitter takes. Unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Let's we hear them, asked uh, for you guys to give your unpopular opinions of Apocalypse Now. Uh, Aaron Krieger at Big Wag says, I've tried to watch it several tri- times, just don't care. Uh, I, I, well, first of all, I think you have, a, have, to, <laughs> have to have an interest in the Vietnam War, but second of all, it's definitely a film lover's film. Would you say that? I'd say that, yes. Uh, I don't want to be... I'm not not trying to sound pretentious. No, I'm not snobby. I'm really not, but yeah. I would say, yes, you have to commit yourself to this movie. Yes. Absolutely, it's slow not one, burn. Like, take your phone and like throw it in the garage and don't look at it because <laughs> I can see being distracted by it. But it is a worthy slow burn. Yes. Yep. Rob Walsh says it's it, it's extremely overrated. No, no, I don't. I, I don't, don't think, it's, think overrated. it's overrated at all. Not um, even extremely. Yeah, I, it's I, well I, worth its rating. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> The general movie fans today, I'd say less than half of them have even seen this movie. I, yeah. I could I could say that about a lot of older movies, but especially this one. I don't mind that, but I I mean I understand someone not liking it, but you're going down uh, I mean hopefully this uh, <laughs> content so far has convinced you that you're going down a path in a, in a scary its own way a scary adventure, right? Right. No, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a scary adventure. This is you, a nightmare of a you, film. Uh, you have to be patient with it. And a lot of great films you have to be patient with. You just have to, you know... I like to think of films as rides. You just have to go along for the ride. If you don't like the end result at the end of that ride... Don't go on that ride again. Mike Seibert Radio responded to that overrated tweet, said, I thought I was the only one. It's so long. And then he put a gif of Michael Scott. Thank uh, you. Well, I love Seibert, but, you know, yeah. that's fine. It is long. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what to say. And then Rob Walsh uh, responded, I respect it, but it's not good. Ugh. That doesn't make any sense. I can, I can, understand, respe- I can understand respecting it, and but not... Th- not you know, enjoying it. Like I respected Roma, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm really care for it. So, like in that respect, I can I can see that. But I mean, you feel that way about a movie from last year, but you're not going to feel that way about a movie from like 
you know, 35 years ago. True. You know, 40 years ago. True. Literally 40. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, 79. Yeah. Ronnie Casole says, while Duvall deserved the nomination, Douglas deserved the win. Of course, Brando should have got, gotten a nomination. Yeah. Two, also, The Deer Hunter is the best Vietnam movie. Uh, the conversation should be definitely more famous than it is. Yeah, the never conversation. seen the conversation. I did, which I th- a show on that I think would be good. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Duvall definitely deserved a nomination. This versus Deer Hunter. Yeah. I don't know. They're they're so different. They are very different. Yeah. Um, cinematically, I love where this one takes me. Yeah. Ap- Apocalypse Now. Cinematically, yes. Deer Apocalypse Hunter it feels now. like seeing it in the movie. In- I don't know what. Yeah, like, Deer Hunter crushed me, and I never want to see it again. (laughs) Uh, But this one, I think, is a much better film. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, Deer Hunter goes down the whole Russian roulette thing, and, you know, the suicide. It's more like the impact on the characters, almost like a really long miniseries TV thing, versus this as in just a complete, just crazy, ambitious, okay? That's what I want to say about this movie. This one is, yeah, I think this is the most ambitious film I've ever seen. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, absolutely. What it's, the hell is Coppola doing? I mean, you could tell. Coppola I mean, is amazing in this movie. I mean, that's that's why I, that's why I wanted to bring him up as like a '70s director because it's like, man, why why hasn't he done more? Like, he has the talent. Like, yeah. Um, okay, that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. I mean, think about what's going on in this movie. Is this even just wrapping your head around this movie now? Is kind of hard. Yeah, I think, uh, again, I think uh, Kilgore and Kurtz are opposite ends of the spectrum, according to the U.S. government. But, like, Willard is, like, you have to compare him to those characters, too, because he's not the polar opposite of them, I wouldn't say. No, not at all. He gets gets pretty close to Kurtz. Right. Yeah. But um, is able to pull back, but not for the U.S. As he says, they promote me to major for right. killing Kurds, but little do they know I'm not no longer in their army or right. whatever he yeah. says. Yeah, he's not doing it for anybody but himself. And Such just great for lines. What is a larger moral sense, which is kind of the whole point of the movie. What we got next, buddy? Uh, Mirza Hota says too long. I'd actually agree with that. It's it it, it's a little long. Um, it, it, it is. It yeah. Is. I, I, so that's not a bad Twitter wow. take. Jimmy or R- even unpopular. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Riggins says Marlon Brando looks like a young G- Jean-Claude Van Damme in this film. No. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <Young> Jean- <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme looked great. A Mar- young Marlon Jean- Brando was totally out of shape. Over- <laughs> who said that? Jimmy who? Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Riggins. Jimmy Riggins, you're hilarious. Love you. All <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> At Rover223 says the theater cut was better than the director's cut. Oh, interesting. Now, although... Well, the theater cut didn't have the French scene in it, so that might be accurate. Now, a French scene chopped up into something small. I I mean, what... I don't know what your thoughts are, but... I mean, your rough guess, 15, 20? No, more like... Yeah, at least 20. (laughs) Could have Probably been 10. a half hour. If you did it could have been ten. Just the intro. <laughs> it sh- felt like a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, yeah. we're showing up at this place within the fog. We meet these people. We do a dinner, and then. It, but I really do love 
the love yeah. uh, in the bed scene. Well, because I remember yeah. watching the Redux and like thinking like, oh my god, this scene's so boring. But then watching <laughs> watching it this time, I was like, all right, I'm gonna be open minded. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, let's. I'm gonna really watch this scene. And then I was just like, mm, is this over yet? Or <laughs> so. Yeah. Here's what I want from that yeah. from the whole French thing. Just a point. Just all I want is one. What is this? Okay, solve that in a minute. Two. Who are these people? Explain their their issue with yeah. why this is their home. Three, the girl with the dichotomy, love, hate, and the smoke to morphine as a sort of abuse on him and the dialectic on all that for him to sort of meditate on who I am and then done. I mean, that could have been done in 10 minutes, right? Yeah, definitely. We could have moved this puppy along. Yeah. But, you know, we could have moved this whole whole thing along. Yeah. Yeah. So no, Coppola I mean, is a bit a lot a lot of dulge in here, but I don't think the scene should have been cut out. I think it actually is important, especially with the insight of going down the river is going back in time, and right. it's hard to escape that. It does seem true, doesn't it? You start in a modern city in Saigon, and you go up this river yeah. into the most primitive version of man at the end. Yeah. So I I, I, I just love that thought. <laughs> I'm great. so glad you brought that to my attention. So you sort it's of have so to see yeah. the colonization, yeah. what this maybe could have been or was. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. All right. What do we got um, next, buddy? The City Beautiful Game says it's boring. It's a really boring film. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. It was the worst Twitter take ever. God damn it. If you watched it and you thought it was boring, then you just don't know great movies. Yeah, that's that's, that's what call. it comes down to. Uh, Vanessa Travel Media says, I hate the smell of napalm in the morning or any other time yeah. come to that. So she just doesn't like victory. Yeah. She wants to lose. Yeah. So, so basically, Vanessa <laughs> Travel Media is a loser. Yeah, every morning. But we love you for responding. Thank you. <laughs> yes. No, that was actually that was a great that was a great tweet because I, I'm assuming there's some sort of irony here. Uh, Will revive Juniper Lee Ward <laughs> says it's just bad. It's too long. It's adapted loosely from a terrible book, Hearts of Darkness, <laughs> and I and I don't care about any of the characters. Oh, the, that's bad, an interesting thought. Yeah, bad characters, bad book, bad everything. Yeah. Thank you. That's very unpopular. I've never read the book, so yeah. I can't speak to that. It's not just. It's not bad. So that's a terrible Twitter. <laughs> Next, uh, catching up on cinema, the documentary about it, Hearts of Darkness: A Filmmaker's Apocalypse, is better than the film itself. It okay. is a great documentary. It really is. Really is not better than the film itself. No, but really, it's worthy. Uh, I mean, I would almost say that you know the documentary is. If we're giving stars and popcorn, that's a three or four star yeah, documentary definitely. at least. Yeah. Cinema under the influence, same unpopular opinion to have about every movie with Marlon Brando. <laughs> Marlon Brando is an insanely overrated actor. Talking oh. talking in a wheezy voice is not great acting. That is a terrible take. Uh, oh. He sucks you right in. Every scene, he doesn't have a wheezy voice. I don't know where you're getting that from. He does kind of have a little... Is it a lisp? I don't know. It hit me like a diamond (laughs) bullet. (laughs) Oh, you've practiced that. Yeah. um, So that's the thing, though. Like... um, and that's you know what is it about actors you know is it is it in in the delivery or what you know Marlon Bra- Marlon Brando's obviously you know one of the worst actors ever. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> that, is, that is terrible. 
Uh, you know, I agree. You know, Marlon Brando stinks. He should have never been <laughs> in The Godfather or in any other yeah. good movie. What was he doing? He's just well, what were over. they thinking? What were they thinking? Put him in there. Why did Coppola even bother having, having him play Kurtz? When, he should have had like Don Knotts play when, Colonel Kurtz. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Marlon Brando, he sucks you right in. I was, I, I was, I clapped after a scene in the film when he said you're an errand boy, and then they switched to the next scene. Like I clapped, and well, uh, you know, just for the record, Ben was trying to get everyone to clap. In the theater, and <laughs> I was. No yes. one was participating. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> I, I I think I got a couple of people to clap. I clapped at the end. And I was like, "It's a classic, folks!" Yeah. And then people thinks, started to clap a little more. Thinks but. He did, and then I, I did a pity he clap. He did. And then. Yeah, Dave did a pity clap. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, well, like I did it way at the end. Uh, ap- all- uh, Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yes, you did. Apocalypse Now is in Blockbuster Mentality's top fifty movies of all time, um, which it's it not should, within it the, should remain there yeah, somewhere um, in the top and, ten. I felt. yeah. I mean, this film just again, just uh, seeing it in theater now in IMAX just uh, really solidified it for me. And also, uh, Apocalypse Now is in the title, uh, is the title of the movie, and it's we see it painted when we get to on the rock. So, Apocalypse Now, what does the title mean? Maybe they're waiting for the end of the world and to some like. Resolute. Maybe that's what Kurtz is wanting, is some sort of resolution to all this madness. You sent me off yeah. to do all this stuff, and let's just freaking end it so we can not keep doing yeah, all these apocalypse wars. now. Like, apocalypse, yeah, like, right. Let's clean this yeah. thing. Like, you sent me here to fix it. Yeah. And after I fix it, you're going to usher in some new world. Well, right. where is this new world? Right. Give me the apocalypse now. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that because it's not. It almost seems like it's like revolution, but revolution and apocalypse are totally. different It's appealing things. Yeah. to some higher authority, right? To come, yeah. like I've done my best, right? This is what I think I, mean, I should do. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's saying, or and also like this. This war is the apocalypse. Like the apocalypse. Apocalypse like, is happening right now. Embrace like, the here, horror. Here we are. Oh God! This the is the apocalypse. The <laughs> yeah, this is the apocalypse. We're in the apocalypse right oh. now. Yeah, those guys. Like I said, he's like, I thought you were the commanding officer, and then that that's definitely an important scene uh, when he says he's he thought he was the commanding officer, and then he says who's in charge here. He didn't word it. He worded it differently there, and he says. Uh, yes, yes, I know who's charged in charge here and doesn't answer him, you know, doesn't give specifics. Yeah, well, the Black Panther guy's kind of sitting there on psychedelics playing yeah. some kind of music. Right. I mean, I, I mean, again, I think in charge is the devil. I mean, right. you know, just metaphorical here. Yeah. That's who's yeah. in charge. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's no, the, basically what I'm trying to say here is order has gone. Yeah. Who's in charge is chaos. Right. Call yeah. it what chaos, you want. Yeah. Chaos is like, definitely in charge. <laughs> you <laughs> know, I mean, and, and you know it. Like, yeah. Willard knows it. There's no commanding. I mean, there's right. no colonel like, here. There's no major. Me? Like it's, that lieutenant guy who they met, he he left. It's, he's like, yeah. I've been here just trying to get, I want to deliver this to you, and then that way I'm getting that mother yeah. freaking hell out of here. It's me trying to survive against this other human who's trying to kill me. You know, that's right. that's 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 what it is. You know, and this is in the middle of and I, and I think it 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 speaks that the, they were two African American guys because this is during you know uh, civil rights and all that. This is in the sixties. Right. This well, is during was, that whole thing. Yeah. You know, so everyone it's was like, drafted to go right. fight the war. You've yeah. got people like, why am I? 
I mean, if I'm fighting for my civil rights just a couple of years later, you're like, why am I being sent to this place to go fight these people? I don't understand. Like, right. I mean, unless you're like, well, I'm just going to go do drugs. You got one, one or two choices, you know, right. or I'm going to freak out. So, yeah. So how would you rate this thing, Dave? I'm going to give this thing, I'm going to say four stars. Because you don't do halves anymore. I don't do halves. You know what? I'm going to push it to five stars. Oh, okay. As long as this motherfucker is. Yeah. It is a masterpiece. Yeah. It really is. It stands the test of time. As annoyed as I was. It's funny because I saw a comment somewhere where it's like, it's not long enough. Like, well, <laughs> are you crazy? Yeah. Like, you're going to make this thing 10 hours? But you can kind of make... <laughs> I can actually see it. Right, yeah. In my mind's eye. Like, yeah. well, this thing's going to keep going. But like, no, I'm going to give this thing five stars... Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna lower, okay. lower the buckets of popcorn to I'll two accept. to two buckets. Okay. I do think it's a very important movie in terms of human psychology, how things work, but also in terms of you know technical execution. Coppola is amazing at what he manages to pull off in this movie, but it does leave a lot desired in terms of entertainment. So. Five stars and two buckets of popcorn. What do you got, buddy? Uh, yeah, so I'm at four and a half stars because I still do halfsies. What a baby. Um, and then uh, <laughs> t- uh, I- I'm still there with two buckets of popcorn. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a long one. It's uh, got a lot of scenes that drag. And could, just cut could, it a little. Yeah, just, we could trim the fat a little. But yeah, four, four and a half stars. It's just technical technical masterpiece it's just amazing it's it's it speaks like you said on the human psychology and just even on you know american history and just what what the hell were we doing in this war there we go apocalypse now in imax we saw we saw the greatest version ever we saw it in the only theater in the tampa area that was showing it (laughs) whatever version of the apocalypse now you think you've seen it is much lower than the one we just saw tonight (laughs) you think you know but you have no idea so you guys are way behind here yeah uh, so you can find Dave at Blockbuster Cast. No, that's where you can find us. You can find Dave at <laughs> Dave underscore Quist. I'm at BC Cord. This is all on Twitter. Uh, can you please follow us on iTunes? Subscribe to us. Review us. We're gonna go. We're gonna go ahead and end the show and uh, look at our new recorder. Come in the show For Dave, please. I'm Ben. As always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies. Bye.